0: The following is from East Delta Baptist Church. For more information, visit us online at www.eastdeltabc.com. Just to get started with, there's been a lot of interest, uh, maybe not so much recently, but over the years, uh, about a series called Survivors. And I don't know how many of you have watched any of that series. Just for fun, how long do you think that's been on uh, a series now? Y'all must watch that. (laughs) Y'all hear what she said? 2000 was the first year for that. Can y'all believe it's been that long ago uh, that that came out? When it first came out, uh, uh, regardless of what you think about the show, it's kind of been a phenomenon. It, It was reported at one time that 50 million Americans were watching those broadcasts. Now that's more than uh, The Voice, it's more than Dancing with the Stars, it's more than Shark Tank, it's more than Keeping Up with the Kardashians, <laughs> it's more than any of those by a long shot. It, it's held number one time slot uh, on its, it, during its time slot, and I think it comes on Wednesdays for 15 years, it's been number one. So, uh, you know, whether you like it, whether you don't like it, there's a lot of people watch those shows, The Broad, the, uh, the Survivor. Honestly, I've not seen it, but maybe once or twice. It's just not my cup of tea, but I do know a little bit about the show. Uh, it's about a group of people that volunteer and uh, to be marooned on an island, and uh, I think there's 16 of them. At one time, that was how many there were, and uh, the last person to be voted off the island won a million dollars, wins a million dollars, or something like that. So that's kind of the the general ideal of the show. But I was thinking about that. What does it mean to be a survivor? In our world today, there's all kinds of ideals about survivors. I, I want you to think about this. We, we use, talk about cancer survivors, abuse survivors, tornado survivors, earthquake survivors, and the list can go on and on and on. You know, we can think about all kinds of survivors. And it's great to be a survivor, but you know, sometimes just surviving isn't enough. You know, we can survive something. I could, uh, I could get both arms and legs cut off and survive. But I want to do more than survive, don't you? I mean, that's, that, when we think about survivors, it's great to be a survivor. But if we want to do more than survive, that's what we're going to talk about today. And the Bible never uses the word survivor. Did you know that? It, it never mentions that. The word the Bible does use, however, is an overcomer. And the overcomer, that root word for that, it has an interesting meaning in the original language. In the Greek, it really meant this to prevail, to pass over, or to thrive, or gain the victory. So when we see that in the Bible, when we see uh, the word overcomer more than 20 times, this is what it means to prevail, to pass over. To, to gain a victory in something, so so we see the word uh, not the word surviving, but we see the word overcoming, or we see the word victory, and that's what I wants to talk about this morning. How to how to have victory? Most of you know the the, the Survivor TV series, but but more important is what does it mean to survive or to be an overcoming in our in our spiritual life? I mean. We can see how how to do it in Australia, in the Outback, or whatever, to win a million dollars. But what about the game of life? What about what about being more than a survivor of the game of life? I hope when you look at the game of life, and it's not a game, but I hope you don't want to just survive. I, I hope it's your goal to thrive. And, and Jesus came, I've come that, that you might have an abundant life. That's Jesus' purpose for us, that we would have... An abundant life. In other words, He wants us to thrive in this world. So I have a few things I want us to look at this morning. In 1 John chapter 5, if you have your Bibles and you follow along with your Bible, turn to 1 John chapter 5. And we're going to be in verse 1. And I want to ask a a series of four questions. I'm going to ask the questions about uh, what does it mean to be a spiritual survivor or a spiritual overcoming but before we can get there, I think the first question is this, what do we have to overcome? This morning, if I was just to throw that question out to you and say, what is it, what is it we're supposed to overcome today? Well, in 1 John chapter 2, uh, and I told you to turn to 5 and that's okay, but before we get there, in 1 John chapter 2, listen to what Christ says. But do not love the world, or these things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but it's of this world. Now, Jesus begins to describe this. Now, he's doing this through John, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He begins to describe some things, and he uses this... this uh, overfold foe that we're to overcome. So when we think about what is what is John saying here, he says we need to overcome the lust of the flesh, which is passions, okay? Now, that doesn't have to be sexual passions. It can be any kind of passion. I mean, people can have a passion about the Texas Rangers. And, and, and they, can be, they can have the lust of the flesh and say, I'm passionate about that. Is there anything wrong with the Texas Rangers? There's not. As a matter of fact, they're doing pretty good right now. Uh, so so there's, there's really nothing wrong with that. But, but the Lord says, be aware about the lust of the flesh, the passion. The lust of the eyes, that's possessions. And the last thing He says, is the, the pride of life, that's positions. So when we think about what the Bible's talking about, when it talks about being an overcomer, it says there's three things. There's passion, possessions, and positions that tempt us, and we could go this morning, we don't have time, but we could go back and look at Jesus when He's tempted by Satan. And, and Satan tempted Jesus with those, with those three things, passion, the lust of the flesh, positions, the lust of the eyes, and, and, and the last thing was possessions. you remember his last temptation? He says, if you'll bow down and worship me, I'll give you everything you can see. That was, that was Satan's temptation for Christ. See, it hasn't changed. In all of these years... He still uses the same tactics and the problem comes is all of those temptations have to do with self. They have to do with, with I and me and mine. We talked about choices last week and, and choices come down to, to self, don't they? They come down to, hey, this is what I want, I have a, I have this selfish desire and we don't like that word selfish, I don't like it either, you know, we have this selfish desire and and my, my selfish desire is going gonna, is gonna to outweigh my desire for Christ. So the Bible says this, we need to learn to be overcomers. So those three things, and Jesus taught his disciples, listen to what he says in John 16, in this world, you're going to have some tribulation, you're going to have some troubles. But be of good cheer, because I have overcome the world. In Christ, we can be overcomers. In Christ, we can have the victory. We can prevail. We can pass over. In Christ, we can thrive. So how do we do that this morning? And at the end of my message, I'm going to kind of explain what we're, why I talked about this today. But how can we become overcomers? Who, whoever believes in that the... Now, I'm in 1 John chapter 5 now, verse 1. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone who loves Him, who begot also loves Him, who is begotten of Him. By this we know that we are loved. Let me start in verse 2. By this we know that we love the children of God. And when we love God and keep His commandments, for this is the love of God that we would keep His commandments. And what His commandments, they're not burdensome. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, and that's our faith. Now, you may have to go home and read this a few times. I'm, I'm a little thick-headed, and it takes a few times for things to sink in for me sometimes. You may have got it like that. But, but for whoever is born of God overcomes the world, uh, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, which is our faith. Whoever, who is he who overcomes the world? But he that believes that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. This is he who came by water and blood, who is Jesus Christ, not only by water, but also by water and blood. And We don't have time to explain all that. And this is the Spirit who bears witness, because the Spirit is the Spirit of truth. So when we read this, and we, we, we begin to think, how can I become, how can I be an overcomer? It's simple. I mean, we read this, and one thing I don't want you to get lost in this morning as it starts talking about commandments and keeping his commandments and obeying his commandments, I don't want to lead you to legalism. Okay? Legalism is simply this. I'm going to be an overcomer if I if I follow all these rules. That that's, that's not how we become an overcomer. He follows that with this. It's our faith. It's how we become how how, how we are how we are overcomers. It's, it's through our faith. Now, if we love God and we obey God, part of that's going to be keeping His commandments, isn't it? You know, if you, if you grow up in a home and, and your parents have some set rules, you're, you as a parent expect your children to follow those set of rules, don't you? Now, now the same is true for us. If we love our father and he has some things laid out for us, why do you have rules in your home? Usually it's to protect your kids, you know what can happen. You've seen what happens. You've, you've seen the results of this thing or that thing. So, so you lay out these guidelines in the direction that your children might be protected. Same is true of God. He's not sitting up there like an old judge or an old grandfather just looking down on us just waiting to thump one of us on the head. That's not the way God operates. He said, hey, I've given you a plan for life. And I want you to be an overcomer because I know what's best for you. How do we get mixed up with that? Self, wait a minute God, I know what's best for me. And God says, no, I created you, I know exactly what you need. And, and there's a battle there, the, Paul says it's a battle between an old man and the new man. When we're born again, we're a new creation and there's a war that, that wages around. It's, it's the old man within us and, and the new man within us and they're waging war against each other. How do we overcome? We overcome through the blood of Jesus Christ. We overcome of our faith is how we become overcomers. There's three things that this passage tells us, and these are the only three points I have this morning. So, well, I have one more, but these are the only three that that go with this. What are the requirements? It's not a denomination. Did y'all hear about that lady that uh, her son came to the Baptist preacher and, and said... Uh, said, Mama is really sick, and, and we're not sure she's going to make it, and she wanted me to come and ask you to come to the house and, and pray for her. And the preacher said, Hey, I'll be glad to do that. But, but your, your mom goes to the, to the Methodist church, and, and I would think the Methodist pastor is who she would want to come. And the and little boy said, No. Mama's not sure what she got, and she don't want to give it to him. <laughs> so uh, that denomination thing falls in there sometimes. You know. We, but we need to realize, when, it, when we want to be an overcomer, here's what the Bible says. And folks, we don't need to take anybody else's word, amen? You don't need to take my word. You don't need to take a TV evangelist's word. You don't need to take anybody's word except what the Bible says. And, and in God's word... There's three things that we can do to become overcomers. The first is this, it requires a birth. I talked about that just for a second. For whatever is born of God, this is verse 4, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. There is no way to become an overcomer. It's impossible to become an overcomer without a new birth. That's the only way. You remember in John chapter 3 when Nicodemus came to Jesus? He was a Pharisee, ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said, Rabbi, we know that you're a good teacher. Came from God for no one else can do these things unless God does it with him. I love this. Because as that's happening, Jesus cuts him off. He's blowing all this fluff and all this smoke towards Jesus. Oh, Jesus, we know that you're a good man. We know that you're a good teacher. We know you must have came from God because you couldn't do all these things. Jesus stopped and said to him, Most assuredly I say unto you, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. You know why he said that? Because Pharisees, they were legalists. Pharisees said, Okay, we're going to keep all of these laws. We're going to keep all these commandments. Besides, we came all the way down from Abraham, and that's going to be enough. So when Nicodemus comes to Jesus, a Pharisee, he comes to Jesus and he begins to fluff him up, and Jesus knows what's in his mind. And Jesus just stops him and says, Look, the only way you're going to see the kingdom of God is if you're born again. Folks, that's never changed. That hasn't changed in in 2,000 years. The only way we can be an overcomer as if we're born again. We see a lot of people living today. And, and they're not overcomers. And they're living a life. And you know what? You better believe this. There's never going to be true happiness. You're never going to find fulfillment. Unless you're born again. You, you may not agree with that. But I promise you. You're created with a place within your, within your body. Within your heart. Within your soul. That only Christ can feel. We're created that way. Now, people try to put all kinds of things in there. They run after all kinds of isms and all kinds of ideals and all kinds of abuses. And all of those things are trying to fulfill a gap that only God can fulfill. That's why he says here, we must be born again. secondly, it requires a belief. The second part of verse 4 says this, and all of verse 5, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. He who overcomes the world, but he who believes in the Son of God. You don't become an overcomer by trying, you come by trusting. I think sometimes we as Christians, and sometimes folks that, that come to church, they say, We're going to try. If you ask somebody sometimes, Try this sometimes. I don't know how you want to phrase it. You know, uh, I told y'all about the, the guy getting the haircut and. And the barber decided that he was going to share the gospel, finally got the courage up, and, and he got the straight razor out. And, and he had the guy, and he grabbed him by the head, and he twisted his head and said, uh, Brother, are you ready to meet Christ? <laughs> that's, that's, that's probably not the best way, but ask somebody sometimes, Do you know where you're going to spend eternity? Do you know if you're going to go to heaven? Do you, do you believe you'll go to heaven? You know what a lot of people say? Well, I'm doing the best I can. I'm trying. Folks, we don't get there by trying. We get there by trusting in God the Father through Jesus Christ. That's the way we are born again. Finally, it requires blood. Do you know Christians are the only group of religious people? And I say religious because y'all already know what I think about religion. Religion will send you to hell faster than anything. We're the only one that preaches blood. I'm not saying Baptist. I'm saying Christianity is the only one that teaches blood. Other people teach follow these teachings, follow this person. Hindu, Muslims, even cults that claim to be Christian cults like the Mormons and Jehovah's Witness, they don't preach the blood of Jesus. They they preach works. Matter of fact, the Jehovah's Witness don't even think you're going to get to go to heaven. They said heaven's full. They say it says in Revelations, 144,000, heaven's full. You're going to die and you're going to be reincarnated and you're going to live on this earth the rest of your life. That's what they teach. But folks, for us to get to heaven, it requires the blood. Hebrews 9.22 says, Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. There is no payment. There is no redeeming of our sins. And Jesus Christ, when He went to the cross and when He shed His blood, He redeemed our sins. He paid the price for our sins because says here without the shedding of blood there is no remissions there is no forgiveness of sin. Colossians 1.14 says in whom we have redemption through the blood and the forgiveness of our sins. Hebrews 9.12 says but Jesus Christ with His own blood he entered the most holy place. Now let me stop here just for a second. The Jews would have recognized the holy place as the temple, right? Because during their time before Jesus Christ, they had a priest that went into the Holy of Holies. He offered a sin sacrifice, but every year that had to take place. Every year they came, they had a sin sacrifice. The priest went into the Holy of Holies. He offered a blood sacrifice for the Israelites. He come out and that task was on. Now, here in Hebrews... The writer's talking about Jesus Christ. And he says this, Jesus Christ, with His own blood, entered the most holy place once for all, having attained, listen, eternal redemption. You know what that means? That means He obtained eternal for all of eternity. When we accept Jesus Christ and we ask Him into our heart and we confess our sins and we turn from our ways, We're saved, how long? For eternity. We don't leave out of here and and Jeremy cut me off and me throw my arms up and holler at him and flip him off and and say, well, I sinned. I better run back in there and get saved again. That's not what the Bible says. You know, if people believe that, wouldn't you hate to live under that? Wouldn't you hate to live thinking, man, if I sin today, then I'm lost again. The Bible doesn't teach that. It says, Jesus. it's not the only place that says it, but this is one place Jesus Christ went into the most holiest place having obtained eternal redemption 1 Peter 1:19 with the precious blood of Jesus Christ as a lamb without spot and without blemish. Jesus Christ gave us eternal life listen through simply our confessing. We go back over here and we, we can start reading this verse in, in 1 John 5, 1 through 6, and it talks about all those different things, and we can get confused. But, but remember, three things. There's a birth, there's a belief, and there's the blood of Jesus. Now, those aren't three separate things we must do. It's one single act. I read this story about this pastor... And it was, in, it was years ago. I've heard a, a, a several different forms of this. It's supposed to be a true story. But it was in London several years ago. He was a liberal minister. We have some of those today. We have some liberal churches. We have some churches that would, that would listen to what I'm saying and say, you know what, that's outdated. There, there's, there's a new way. That, there's a new age now. That, that, that kind of stuff's outdated. This liberal minister, he did not believe in the gospel. He was visited by a young boy who was sent by his mother. Not have anything to do with the story I told a while ago. That wasn't true, I don't think. But he said, my mother is dying. Please come and get her in. And at first, the minister believed that the the boy meant the mother was out drunk somewhere. So the minister said to the boy, go get a policeman. It's raining outside and I don't want to get out in it. And get the policeman, and he'll get her in. And then the boy replied, no, she's already at home. She's not drunk. She's at home, but she's dying. Now, the minister, he was stunned, but he, he understood what she needed, and uh, he went to give her a, comforter because he, a comfort because he knew that she was fixing to, to meet her, her. So this is what he said. He, he went, he arrived at her bedside, and he said to her, you have nothing to fear. God is love. But it gave her no comfort. Then he said, well, you have nothing to fear. You've lived a good life. You've been a good mother. You've done some good things in life. But yet again, there was no words of hope. It says the pastor became desperate. All he could remember was a hymn that his mother had sung to him when he was a boy. So he began to sing, there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners that are plunged beneath that flood lose all their guilty stains. And as he began to sing that, he said he began to see the woman's face brighten up and he began to to understand and he just kind of falteringly Began to present the gospel on what he had been taught in the days of his youth. And he was unassured, but he, he said, This is what I remember being taught, and, and that Jesus Christ took the sinner's place on the cross of Calvary. And the woman found peace when she trusted Jesus Christ as her Savior. Now, here's the story, as, as Paul Harvey might say He presented the gospel for the first time. He's a pastor of a church. The next Sunday, he went back. He told his congregation about the experience that he had. And he concluded this. Not only did she get in, but it got me in too. And from now on, I'll preach Christ and Him crucified. That's the blood of Christ. That's that's the the part of, of a new birth and a belief and the blood of Jesus Christ. If we're trusting in any other thing to get us to heaven, then we're not overcomers. We don't have the victory. Here's where I want to close. Revelation 12, verse 11. And they overcame him by the blood of the land. It's talking about the evil one. And by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives even unto death. We can overcome obstacles in our life. Listen to what 1 John 4, 4 said. It says, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because who is in you, he who is in you, is greater than he who is in this world. I want to ask you to bow your heads with me this morning for just a moment. I want to read that scripture I just butchered up one more time. You are of God, little children, and you have overcome the world because he who is in you is greater than he who is in this world we become more than survivors we become thrivers we become overcomers we can stand against the the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes those those possessions and and those positions and, and the, the pride, the, the passions that we have worldly only through the blood of Jesus. Now let me explain something. It's not easy. That doesn't mean, oh, I'm saved. I shouldn't have any temptations. What did Jesus say? You're going to be tempted. But remember, I've overcome the world and you too can be an overcomer. You know what? It comes down to a choice. The first choice is this. Do I accept Jesus Christ as my Savior? If you're relying on anything else other than the blood of Jesus, then you've missed the mark. That's the first choice. The second choice is this. Do I want to be an overcomer? We sang a song a while God says, The earth one day it's going to dissolve like a snowflake on a hot piece of concrete. One day it's going to be gone. If we're putting our trust and our hope in this earth, in our possessions, in our belongings, in anything other than Jesus Christ, it's going to be gone one day. Now, God has a place for us. He has a new heaven, a new earth, and, man, that's a, that's a great topic we'll talk about sometimes. But, but what are you believing in and what are you trusting in today? Our challenge now is to live in the light of the victory that's already been won on our behalf. Have you experienced a rebirth? Or are you born again? I said at the beginning, I want to teach you, I want, I want to tell you why, why I wanted to teach this today or talk about this today. I would hate, and I've said this before, I would hate for anyone here this morning to stand before God and God say, What did you do with my son Jesus Christ? And for anyone to say, I never knew, I never heard the gospel, I never knew the plan. Once we know we're held accountable this morning, what have you done with Jesus Christ? Father, I pray today, uh, Lord, that just the rattling up here that I've done and the foolishness that's come out of my mouth, Lord, I pray that you would take those words and that you would bring them together. And Father, that you would give us a spirit of understanding, that you would show us and teach us what your word is and what your word means. And, Father, that we would understand the truth of your word. I pray, Father, that we would live not simply surviving from day to day, but we would be thriving in you. Lord, I pray now as your spirit moves, you'd direct us, you'd guide us into your ways. And I pray this in the name of Jesus.